Hey guys, and welcome to a special edition of the Get Home Safe podcast. It is Saturday morning, September 11th, 2021. And today I'm reflecting back 20 years ago to uh, one of the worst days in American history, a true tragedy. Um, It's hard to believe it's been 20 years. I usually do my podcast Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but I felt like today I needed to say a few things. I needed to put out a, a bonus episode, if you will. Last year, when I was still new at all this podcasting, I put out an episode kind of remembering 9-11 and especially those on United 93. But I couldn't skip over this year. I couldn't skip over 9-11 this year with it being the 20th anniversary. It, it, it comes and goes every year. We never forget it. But every time you put a number next to it, I remember the 10th anniversary. I remember, you know, the fifth anniversary, the first anniversary. That one was probably the hardest. I mean, buildings were still in rubble and um, it was just hard to believe that much time has gone by. And it's hard to believe now that 20 years have gone by. I was 16 years old when it all went down. I was a junior in high school, had just started uh, my junior season as an upperclassman at Rio Hondo prep. Um, I had played varsity football a little bit in the playoffs the year before as a sophomore, but my first year of varsity football, really. And I was just so excited. And then this tragedy struck a few days into the school year. And so today I don't want to be super sad. Um, I, I do want to just say a few things about memories from that day for me and things that I have carried with me throughout my life. And it, it's still, you know, everyone, it's cliche to say it, but everyone remembers where they were when that went that day, they remember details of it. And as a kid, I didn't necessarily remember that. My mom talked about um, the JFK assassination in 1963. My parents were nine years old. And I remember them talking about it and, and saying, yeah, remember our teachers were just crying. Our teachers were so sad. And there was a lot of sadness, a lot of devastation on 9-11, but there was a lot of heroism and courage. And that's what I want to remember. It's, it's a sad thing that you have to think about um, people being hurt, people dying to really appreciate what true courage is and heroism is. And I talked to Valerie about this the other day and we were talking about sports. And I was like, I hate when announcers or, or whatever coaches or players, they talk about, man, what a courageous play there. Or man, that was, that was really brave sticking his, his nose in there or whatever. And I, I like cliches in sports. I like, you know, sports talk, but that's just something that has never sit well with me because I think it, it cheapens courage and bravery and valor and sacrifice. And I've probably been guilty of saying those things on this podcast. There's no doubt about it. I've said things that I look back and I'm like, why did I say that? Or I said something before because I've heard it before. So I'm going to do my best to try to not cheapen those words in moving forward. But anyway, today's a bonus edition. Um, 20 years, man, 20 years. I, I, I can't believe it. I remember thinking the day it happened, like, man, what's life going to be like in five years? What's life going to be like in 10 years? And here we are 20 years later. I'm 36 years old. And honestly, when that 
day hit, I mean, it did change my life forever for a lot of people. Um, I didn't suffer anything directly from it. But I thought at, in that moment that our lives as high school kids were, was going to change. I mean, make no mistake about it. We thought as we were watching the towers fall and getting updated information that day, we we're like, we're going to get drafted and, uh, and it's on. We are, uh, we're going to be called to do what those before us did. Uh, we're right at that age. We're going to graduate high school and it's going to be, Hey, go serve, uh, go get these guys. Fortunately, we have such an amazing military, a volunteer force that it never came to that. And countless lives were saved as a result of our military going to the Middle East and uh, pursuing terror. Now there's controversy as to alleged controversy of to, well, we went there for this reason, for that reason. Bottom line is we got rid of some pretty awful people. We got rid of some real bad guys that love to kill people. So ultimately uh, removing bad people from this earth, I'm in favor of. So anyway, um, let's go to 9-11-01 itself. And for me that day, it was a Tuesday morning, as we all know. And, you know, as a high school kid, sleep is very important to you. And we had a very strict schedule uh, because we had to commute to Rio Hondo Prep from Glendora. We were on the bus, I think, at like 710, uh, 7.15 maybe, at, at this church around the corner where they picked us up. And so I had my schedule down, right? I could sleep till 6.30, basically, roll out of bed, get everything, and we'd leave the house at 7, 7.05 maybe, and uh, go to this church around the corner to uh, jump on a bus and go to Rio. Well, I remember my mom waking me up a few minutes before my alarm goes off. And you know, as a kid, that's like the worst thing in the world. Like I had 15 more minutes to sleep. Why would you wake me up? I, I always get up at 6.30. It's not like it. So she came in at like 6.15 and was like, hey, wake up, wake up. Um, you got to see this. A, a plane hit the World Trade Center. And I had heard of the World Trade Center before. But I was like, mom, why are you waking me up? Because some pilot couldn't see it. How did, how could he miss the building? Was it foggy or something? And thinking like, what's crazy is, is everybody thought this. You find out later, as you talk to people about this, that everybody had these thoughts, the same thoughts you did, which is crazy. So I thought it was a little plane or it was foggy or it's just, I don't know. Dude had a heart attack, the pilot, I don't, it could have been anything. So I go to the TV. I'm, I'm mad at my mom. I'm so mad. I'm like, I had 15 more minutes of sleep. And I go in there and she's making a big deal about this. And I'm like, I'm a high school kid. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? So I walk in the room and I, and I turn the, or see the TV on and I'm like, oh, that's a big plane. And then it, it, it like jumped me like, oh, wow. Like that's a giant hole in a building way up high. So there's not many people above it. I remember thinking that going, wow, it was, it was way up high. So he must've just hit, you know, thinking again, accident. Well, a few minutes later, second plane hits and it looks at that point, you know, there were some images and things. And my mom immediately said, this is terrorism. This is terrorism. And I'm going, so many thoughts went through my mind as a kid. I'm thinking to myself, 
terrorism, how would they get pilots to fly a plane into a building knowing they would die? How, how, could, how would they do that? What did they have, have a gun to their head? How, how would they do? And then thinking to myself, wait a minute, these terrorists, they wanted to kill Americans so bad they were willing to die. I, me- I just remember thinking that like a kamikaze fighter pilot, right? In, in World War II, they usually had been hit or, or, or something of those lines and we're going to go down anyway. And so they flashed, uh, crashed into aircraft carriers. To my knowledge, I think some of them also were just like, hey, we're going to be human missiles. But I just, I remember those thoughts going through my head. It's like, what kind of crazy people want to kill themselves to kill other people? And so the more and more I thought about it, and I think I was talking to my mom even, she's like, there's no way a pilot would do that, would fly the plane himself or herself uh, into a building of people like that. And I, I remember the second plane hitting much lower than the top, than the first tower that was hit. And my thoughts were, I mean, basically from the middle of that building up, how are they going to get those people out? The first tower, there was no way you can get to the roof, right? The, 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 the contact was too high. I'm thinking, okay, maybe they can go up, go up, get to the roof. They got to get to the roof somehow. Um, and I think that is why that building fell sooner was because it was hit more in the middle. I'm no... Uh, I don't even get out all the details, but I, I, so anyway, I think that building fell that, that for that very reason, but I remember sitting there watching those two towers burning and going like, this isn't a movie. I loved action movies. I actually, I liked violence. I liked, you know, just anything action because you're a kid, you're, you're a boy coming a man. And that stuff was always interesting, but I remember having that feeling too. Like this isn't a movie. There's real people up there. And hundreds, if not, I don't even know how many people just died instantly. And seeing people up in the windows waving with, I don't know, clothing or towels or whatever, just trying to be seen, like, help me, help us. And I thought, I, I never thought that the building would collapse. Again, I was a naive little young kid, just like, okay. They can build skyscrapers that are that tall, then uh, they could probably withstand quite a bit. Anyway, uh, we get in the bus, we go up to the church, we get in the bus, and I think it was around that time we heard they just hit the Pentagon. And when I heard they hit the Pentagon, I was like, not that to dismiss the Twin Towers, but I remember when they hit the Pentagon, I was like, okay, this, this entire plan has been completely thought out. They went after our military uh, headquarters, basically. And it was then that I was, I, I, I knew we were kind of going to war anyway, but it was at that time I was like, oh my, oh my God, literally, oh my God, what is next? What's the next target? Because I knew there was more. I was like, they hit two skyscrapers in New York side by side for maximum casualties, as well as the whole concept of, of you know, our financial district and everything crippling us in, in any way they could, but they hit the Pentagon and I'm going, wait, wait, what? They're not, that's supposed to be a stronghold. No one's supposed to hit the Pentagon. No one's supposed to cause damage to the U S military. And on that bus ride, I think the radio was on. And then um, it was either on that bus ride or by the time I got to school, both towers had fell. 
And again, like something out of a movie, I'm sitting there watching this and wanting to turn it off, pause it, whatever, because I was like, there's real people in there getting crumbled. And, and before, well, I shouldn't say this. Um, so I get to school, the Pentagon, and then we found out, you know, it was just a t- one thing after another. A plane went down in, in uh, Pennsylvania. You're thinking, okay, what kind of plane or whatever? You didn't know all the details. And it crashed in the middle of a field. And, you're, and I remember my immediate thoughts on that was, okay, they didn't run out of fuel. They didn't uh, miss their target or something. Something's different about that. Something was different about that, that plane and that crash. And I do want to get to that in a minute. But as we got to school, we're watching footage all day. Uh, Mr. Dan Davis was a history and political science teacher. Can't remember which class it was. He taught both. And he told us as we got there, he's like 50,000 people go to, go to work in those buildings every day. And thank God that number wasn't that high. We lost just under 3,000 people, not all from the World Trade Center, but the majority of the casualties were from there. And we just watched footage all day, all day news footage. And it wasn't, you know, we were high school kids and we weren't like bored with it. Like sometimes with news or whatever at school or videos, you got to watch, you get bored, even though most of us love movie days and such, but we're sitting there watching live news all day. And we were all glued to the television as were our teachers. And I remember seeing video of firefighters police officers too but i i remember seeing them look up at the burning buildings before they collapsed and you could see it in their eyes that this was quite a task but they also had a job to do and then people needed them and i remember thinking to myself going like what are they going to do when they get, they can't, how are they going to put that fire out? What, what are they possible? Why, why? I remember thinking that, why are they going up there? There's nothing they can do. They can't put that fire out up there. How are they going to take hoses? Like, well, I was thinking there's this, this is impossible, but to see each and every one of them take those steps forward, throw their gear over their shoulder and start moving. That was something that always stuck with me. And I even remember thinking, like, these guys know they're going to die. They know this is a lost cause, but there's an there's a ounce of hope. I, I can't – they're heroes, and I can't put myself in their shoes, but I, I just – they had to be thinking – I've heard of inter- some guy at the Survivors interviewed. They, they had to be thinking just – we don't know what we can do, but we have to try something. And that was kind of a theme of the day, really. And to see them climb those stairs, no elevators, to try to get up 90 flights of stairs in their gear. Dudes are exhausted. They're breaking open vending machines for snacks and, and, and water and just to hydrate and get, keep going. I remember seeing that and just being like, so these guys are exhausted. And if they get up there, will they have any strength to do anything? There's a picture of uh, the towers burning and there's one fire truck on the, I think it's a Brooklyn bridge or 
and it shows them going towards the towards the twin towers and it said everyone on that fire truck died and they probably knew it on their way going in and i'm sure there's been all kinds of training with new york city firefighters you know tall burning buildings and everything but to have the twin towers both in flames I mean, that, that just had to be nothing they could have trained for, could have prepared them for that. So that always stuck with me, seeing the firefighters climb those, those uh, stairs. And especially after seeing, obviously, the towers fell. So I just like, those guys were climbing to their deaths with just a hope and a prayer that they might be able to do something, save somebody. Just amazing people, true courage. Those guys woke up Tuesday morning, probably not planning, thinking anything was going to happen. And unfortunately, it was the worst moment in the history of uh, probably all American firefighters. So another thing that stuck with me was uh, the seeing and hearing that people were jumping. And people above the flames or right at the flames, it had to be so bad. Just put yourself in their shoes. Like, how bad was it around you that the better option for you was to jump? Make that personal decision. I'm going to die, but this is how I'm going to go out. I'm not going to burn alive. I'm not going to suffocate. It hurts too much right now. At least if I jump. 80, 90 stories, it'll be painless. However, that four or five second fall must have been terrifying. I can't imagine the thoughts that would go through my head if they were the last three or four seconds I had on, the, on earth. People holding hands, jumping together. I mean, I remember seeing that and just but being so heartbroken that ordinary civilians, people just like us, just they had to make that decision. And their only crime was going to work that day, which wasn't a crime, obviously. They just. When firefighters started to hear people hit the ground and probably see some pretty horrible scenes as well, they went into another gear. A lot of them, okay, we got to get up there. And more and more guys went up as people were falling. So I I can't imagine um, having to make that decision. I pray no one ever has to again. But these are the things I think about on 9-11. Not I'll never forget. To me, it's never forget the details of what happened that day. Of the 3,000 people that died, I think it's 2977, I believe. um, A handful of people chose leaping to their death rather than suffer there. So. I hate to 
preach or anything, but you know, when you think next time you think you're, you're having a hard day, I want you to think about that. Think about how, you know, that's firemen were making a decision to go up and save people and probably die. People jumping knew they were going to die and chose that option because it was less painful. I'm terrified of heights. I can't, I cannot even fathom making that decision. So another thing I heard was there were people in wheelchairs, the elevators were out and there was a group of people in wheelchairs, just kind of waiting to, for help at the top of stairs or to be waiting for help to be taken down. I don't know how many of those people got out, how many people tried to carry them. I don't know. But one witness who did get out, I think he said something along the lines. He, he looked at the people who were, as everyone's getting out of there and they see people kind of waiting there and they're sitting there in their wheelchairs and having that just like terrified look in their face. And firefighters, again, were doing what they could, but couldn't necessarily drag them down. I don't know. I mean, the whole thing was chaos. You can't blame anyone for any decision they made that day, in my opinion, because there's no training that could have ever prepared you for the horrible things that happened that day. So the Pentagon gets hit. I mean, we're at school watching all this. Again, I told you this. We're thinking we're going to be drafted. I'm going, man, um, this, is, this is our Pearl Harbor. For a lot of people, that's, I mean, it's very true. Um, but one thing that is... And to this day, inspires me. And if you guys haven't seen the movie, United 93, I encourage you to do so. Um, Keep the Kleenex boxes close. But I thought the portrayal in that movie, they did a good job honoring those people. United 93 was the fourth plane that crashed in the field. And I don't know if it's, the fact that there were four, only four hijackers on that plane instead of five. Um, there was a delay at the gate for some reason. They couldn't take off right away. So by the time they got in the air, um, some of the passengers were able to kind of find out what was going on through family and friend, and you know, calling and whatever up in the air. And so they kind of knew, okay, there's other planes that have been hijacked and they've flown them into buildings. We are, they're on a suicide mission. They're going to use us as a missile. We have to do something. And I think I don't, I don't like to think of, you know, the hijackers uh, specifically, but in looking at the whole picture of it all, I I really do think, because I I broke it down. I was like, how in the world did they take the cockpit? Did they take over this plane? Uh, Because it came out, they had box cutters, right? So what I think happened, and, and I've seen different portrayals of this too, is they thought this completely out. They, they really did plan this out um, in detail. And they knew that if they could, they probably killed someone or a couple people right away, um, cut someone's throat, whatever, just to scare everybody. It'd be like, anyone who comes up, we're going to kill you. Uh, they had a fake bomb, a fake, that's what they said. We have a bomb on the plane. 
you know, that puts the fear of God in, in the people on the plane and on the ground and air, air traffic control thinking, oh man, they're, they're going to blow up the plane. It, it neutralizes the passengers. And how they got in the cockpit, I don't know. I don't know what all the rules and everything, but um, when I first saw the planes hit the tower, my thought was, how could they get a, a pilot to do that? And then later on throughout the day, as I thought it out, and uh, I was like, no, they definitely killed those guys right away. Go in the cockpit. Um, those pilot and the co-pilot sitting there in their chair, and next thing I know, they're getting rushed and probably stabbed uh, in the back of the neck and just absolutely terrifying and uh the terrorists take over they jump in the cockpit and the other remaining guys are um there to monitor and scare everybody basically so who knows maybe that more people were being killed i think they put everyone in the back of the plane what they said and this isn't all i'm not all saying this from the movie i've, I've researched a lot of this and every documentary i've seen regarding flight 93 i watched because it's just it's so inspiring but um, yeah, those passengers, uh, uh, Todd, Todd Beamer, Tom uh, Burnett were two of the main leaders that orchestrated uh, trying to retake the plane. And they fought back. They grabbed whatever they could. Uh, you got to use your imagination. What would you do if you were in that situation? And you knew you knew you were going to die. Again, back to that theme of earlier. You knew you were going to die, but what action would you take? And these individuals did everything they could. Boiling water, uh, any, I don't know, pots and pans, anything they could find, fire extinguisher, anything they could use as a weapon. And they rushed. They rushed the cockpit. They rushed the terrorists. They also knew to do it over an area that wasn't very populated. I'm sure that went into their thoughts as well. And uh, these people wanted to overtake the plane. They wanted to take it back, but they knew that if, if at the very least, if they couldn't take it back, it wouldn't reach its target. And so what's so inspiring to me is just, again, knowing you're probably going to die and then being able to act just with all of your, all of your might, like, like it's a, like, it's no big deal. Like, it's just, I mean, you don't have a choice. You're up against it, right? You're up against it. And you just, everything you got screaming, shouting, uh, just totally going on the offensive. I mean, what would you do in your final moments? Knowing that your actions probably would not save the day as, as far as you go. How would you go out? I, I, I honestly don't know. I think for a lot of us, we would be terrified. And, and there's no way those people were not scared, which is even more powerful. They rushed the cockpit, tried to get in. I think from the block, black box recordings, they did get in briefly. And we're trying to take controls. And... The pilot, the terrorist either just said, all right, screw this, we're going down right now, or in the attempt to try to gather the controls, um, the plane went down. And uh, there's some really good, again, documentaries on this. 
um, as far as you can hear the recordings, you can hear eyewitness accounts of people who in Pennsylvania who saw the plane in the air going back and forth. Um, just wild, wild stuff. And the passengers of United 93, they were the first of America to fight back. The first ones. There've been a lot of great military members and a lot of people have done a lot of things for this country since then, but they were the first that said, no, not on our watch. And these were, these were everyday civilians. These weren't members of the military law enforcement to, to my knowledge. I mean, it's not like that whole plane was ex-military or something. They're just flight attendants, businessmen, um, mothers, fathers, just people getting on the plane that day. And again, when things get tough for me, these are the types of people I think about. You know what, Matt, you got to suck it up. Uh, you know, this isn't, you're not in Afghanistan. It's not that hot, right? Or uh, you're having a rough day, really? No. I mean, it's it's... It's not dramatic. I'm not trying to be dramatic with these things. I just, in, in honor to never forget, you got to remember the details. You got to remember the people. I, I have a flag uh, that we have yet to hang. And today I think would be a very fitting day uh, up in the guest room. And you guys have seen it on this podcast before when I was living at the other house. And it has the names of every single person who died on 9-11 written in the stars and stripes. I got that at ground zero. Um, it's one of my most cherished, uh, cherished objects. I'll say, uh, I got this hat there. I know it's a little corny, uh, but God bless, God bless America and has a, the, the twin towers and flags and such. I've been to ground zero three times, 2005 on a summer trip. When I was a coach, group of kids uh, it was all still very very fresh i mean it was just eerie being there uh, i went back in 08 a few months after my mom died uh, in, Oct in uh, october it was and then i went two years later in 2010 with my brother sam we went to a concert there we're just he and i we had a great time in new york so um every time i'm in new york i don't know if i'll go back or not but i i i do go to ground zero to the site. I think what they've done with the memorial there is absolutely incredible. I mean, it's, it's truly astonishing. They've done it so well, the new tower and the, the reflective pools, I think where the towers used to stand. And uh, yeah, it's just powerful going there and seeing that. Every time I've been there, it's just, I, I take a few moments and as I'm sure everybody does. Um, and to see how it's been rebuilt is like, yeah, take that. You, you took, you took, uh, you knocked our buildings down. You knocked our people down. We came and got you. We killed a lot of your, uh, cohorts along the way, Osama bin Laden and, uh, May 1st, 2011, when he got what he deserved, he got a bullet or two to the head. Um, I'm sure that Navy SEAL team was was thinking of all the people that died on 9-11. And uh, that's why no matter where we go as a country, it's like, wait, who did we get? What did this guy do? What did he stand for? Anytime we kill a bad guy, 
I raise a glass and uh, maybe that makes me barbaric, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, a few other things just about 9-11 that I wanted to mention. Um, you know, so I said I was in high school, right? And so that happened on a Tuesday and that was supposed to be our home opener that Friday. And I had not played in the football game the previous week because I was, I was injured in, uh, you know, two days. And so I had to sit out that game and finally got back, was ready to go. And then this happened and, you know, our mind obviously was not on football. It was on that, but we decided the administration, both schools decided we were going to play that Friday night. A lot of local schools canceled. I mean, if you look back at it, the NFL was canceled that week, baseball shut down, sports shut down. And that is why that year the Super Bowl was played like in mid-February or something because it was just, everything got pushed back a week or whatever. So, but we decided to play. And I'm not sure why we did looking back, but I'm glad we did. We played Bethel Christian. Uh, I don't think it was Lancaster. I think it was Bethel Christian Riverside. Anyway, it was one of the Bethel Christians. And I was so excited. We all were. I mean, we had American flag stickers that uh, we put on our helmets that a lot of people did. And I, I thought it was so special. And Rio kept that tradition going for quite some time. But there were American flags everywhere as we took the field. And I remember my dad even had a, he put a, a sticker on his hat and he was, everyone was just a strong sense of pride. And we went out there, played that game on uh, September 14th. And um, it was great. It was great to be back on a field. It was my first time starting in a game, uh, started on defense, linebacker, and um, was still kind of a little, a little banged up, but got out there and played. And it was such a, for two hours, two and a half hours, it was just a sense of normal. Like everyone had been hurting and to get back on that football field and see the crowd and even the visiting team, they came out and American flags and, you know, Rio Hondo prep doesn't do like a lot of like public prayer and stuff. Um, you could sum it up as a Christian school. It is, it's uh, non-denominational really, but um, they just, that's not something they do. Uh, you kind of keep your, your prayers to yourself. You don't kind of do anything for show. That's kind of the theory anyway. And, and public praying is not bad in my eyes at all, but uh, that's just kind of something real has always done. And, and I respect it. I do. But that night, I remember Chris Horton and the principal of Bethel Christian got on the microphone. And uh, before the game, we all, we all prayed, prayed for the country, prayed for, prayed for those who had been lost. And again, these are memories that I'll just, I'll never forget. It was such a special night to get out there and play ball and to just get back to normal. It had only been a few days. We weren't forgetting anybody. We weren't just pushing it aside. All right. But I do remember the national anthem sounded a little bit better that night, you know, and that's something I'm very proud of my alma mater Rihonda prep uh, for the national anthem. Um, they, they, they look so sharp. It's always an important, Hey, two minutes, let's focus. Let's, let's line up well players, you know, back to back coaches, shoulders. I mean, it always, it always looks good. You can tell that there's been some thought that's gone into it. And it's to remember awful moments like this, to rem remember the good in America, to remember the firefighters who ran upstairs, to remember the strangers who hugged each other and pulled each other out of those buildings, to remember the strangers who united on United 93 
and one of the greatest, most courageous acts of our time. And so we played the football game that night. And I remember my buddy, Jordan Ross, man, who uh, he scored five touchdowns, five different ways. He caught a pass for a touchdown. Obviously he was a running back. He, he ran one for a touchdown. Uh, he had an interception return for a touchdown. He had a punt return for a touchdown and a kickoff return for a touchdown. And he couldn't get the fumble return for a touchdown. I don't know what was up with that, but uh, no, he couldn't get that one in. But five touchdowns, five different ways. We're all, I think he got some props in the newspaper for that. And why I say that, why I bring that up and, and say, talk, say that random stat about my buddy Jordan Ross. You know what Jordan eventually pursued and became? A firefighter. And I don't know if 9-11 had any thing to do with that but i thought about that the other day and i, I just kind of i smiled uh, so many of firefighters out there just serving us and you know out there to protect us police officers too uh but i i know a few friends who are again on both sides of that and fire and police and and i just thought to myself yeah jordan uh there's no real connection or anything i just found it interesting he scored five touchdowns, five different ways that night on September 14th. And then, you know, a few years later would eventually become a, a firefighter and has done great things uh, since then. So thanks to Jordan and, and all who serve. Um, but uh, what else do I want to say here? Um, oh, I was in high school again. So, right. You'd always have your hats, hats for your baseball team. Right. And always write your name on your hat. You learn that at a young age. You learn that at, uh, in little league or whatever. So when you throw your hats or, you know, you hang a hat in the dugout, well, people would write their initials or whatever. And I remember going to write mine and I thought to myself, it, it didn't even occur to me to write my initial. I just said, no. And I wrote nine eleven oh one, And I put that on all my hats uh, for a while, not anymore, but I did that for all my hats in, uh, when I was playing in high school and then afterwards, when I buy a new hat, I write that on there. Just, I don't know. It's so it was a small little tribute I did, but it was a way to just reflect and remember one of the worst days in American history. And just, I don't know, it, it seemed fitting. And to this day, those, those numbers in that sequence mean something. And today, nine eleven twenty one, one digit changed, but uh, I don't think, anything has changed in our hearts as far as what happened that day. And, and I know that some people have their so-called conspiracy theories. Everyone's entitled to believe what you believe. Um, that's all I'll say about that. Um, but what I saw that day and heard that day, I mean, uh, what I, what I, I take from all that is just, we were attacked. We fought back. We suffered, but we persevered. We, we got through it. And a lot of people during election times and, and things of that nature, they say, man, I, I, love, I love thinking back to, to September 12th because September 12th, we were all united. American flags everywhere. Um, sports teams, you know, they do some things now that I just find reprehensible. Um, but everyone had American flags. Everyone was united. We're going to get through this. We're going to make those who did this, we're going to make them pay. 
And so I'll never forget those days after 9-11, those months, those years. And eventually it kind of faded off and then it, it's come around every year. Uh, hey, September 11th, never forget. Well, I wish we wouldn't forget it. The other 364 days a year, 363 days a year. I wish it wasn't just one day where we remembered. Hey, never forget. Because it is something we need to always remember. Always remember. Not look at as like almost, a, it's not a holiday, but it's an anniversary, right? It's a, it's a remembrance. It's a day to remember. And to look forward 20 years at that time, I had no idea what was going to happen. If we were going to be at, at war and be in Afghanistan for 20 years. And if, if you know, we would lose so many servicemen on, on you know, all these different missions and all this combat in the Middle East and Iraq and Afghanistan, I, did, I didn't know where I would be, what I would be doing. And in some ways, over these years, I've felt like I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything enough to... So many people have given their lives. My buddy's gone into firefighting and the police officers. And what have I done? And, and that's one thing with this podcast that I want to continue to do. I don't get any money from it. It is nice to be able to come on here and speak my mind, hear from other people. It, it's not something I think will change the world by any means, but change America. But it's at least something. And, and I wish I could do more. And maybe I will do more in the future. I don't know. But to those who serve in the military, to those who um, are firefighters and police officers, to those of you who on purpose are willing to get in harm's way, I will salute you every chance I get. I will um, say good things about you every chance I get. We we could not have this amazing country without you. And I know there's a lot of turmoil right now, a lot of uh, arguing, a lot of a lot of things going on. That's all I'll say. Um, but I think if there's anything we can, well, I shouldn't say all of us agree on because even this we don't. But in looking back on 9-11 20 years ago, I'd like to think that that could at least bring us all into one circle and be like, man, I remember that like it was yesterday. Cause I do, I remember it all like it was yesterday. And it's just so hard to believe that it's been 20 years, 20 years. I can't, I can't even, but you know, time, time keeps going. Life keeps, life keeps moving along. The world keeps spinning in 10 more years. It'll be the 30th anniversary. And then the 40th, right? I just hope that we don't ever let history repeat itself. We stand up and fight um, and, and not let a punch really be thrown at us uh, without defending ourselves. I hope that nothing like this ever happens again. Um, I definitely worry and, and, and see things around the country that I, I wonder, man, I wonder if something will like, this. we never thought another Pearl Harbor would happen. Right. And then, something as crazy as 9-11 happened. And this was 10 years after they had tried to attack and bomb the World Trade Center from the basement, right? That didn't work. And then they finally said, hey, what if we did it from, from the skies? So I, I in no way uh, like 
respect or honor the terrorists and what they did that day. But these guys put in so much time and effort and thoughts and, and detail to kill so many Americans that day. I mean, to, to have that level of hatred to put in that much time and effort for something so horrible really speaks to the inhumane lack of a person these individuals are. So uh, that's why I get so mad when, okay, burning an American flag. Oh, it's, it's your right to do it or what? I, I hate some of the things I've seen in Afghanistan. And I know you can't negotiate with terrorists. You can't change people's minds or whatever. And America's, you know, not without fault, uh, flaws or, or fault or anything. I get it. I get it. Trust me. But you got to remember that there are people around the world that, that absolutely hate everything this flag behind me stands for. Hates individuals. And they don't just want to kill uh, white Americans, black Americans, Hispanic Americans. They want to kill Americans. So think about that when we kind of get very divisive. We, we end up trying to divide ourselves into groups and things. No, no. Our enemies hate us all. And we need to unite behind that. Just my opinion. Just some of my thoughts here on September 11th, 2021. It's really weird even saying the, those words, having come out, come out, of, out of my mouth, 2021. Because when you're a high school kid, you don't know what uh, next week's going to look like, right? And, and to see that 20 years have gone by, man, it's, it's just wild. And um, so many of my, my buddies and from the, that team and that, that time, classmates and everything, I still uh, love those guys to death. Uh, we were all in that at the same time together. And, you know, I mentioned Jordan Ross, Bill Ritter, Devin Drain, Renzo Orwell, a lot, you know, that, that's a core group of guys there that uh, I remember going through all that with, and just being like, man, this is crazy. This is just, this is crazy. I can't believe this as so many people did that day and that time. So that'll wrap things up for me, guys. I just wanted to say a few words here about nine 11, what it meant, what it means to me. I don't know if you found this uh, boring or, or whatever, but I, I just had to say a few things. I couldn't let the day pass without coming on here and saying a few words, my memories of what happened and, and everything, but I will never forget. And uh, I will never forget again, the details of what happened. It's not fun to think about these things, people jumping out of buildings, people um, in an airplane, seeing that they're going to die or, you know, firefighters looking up. It, it, they're not fun things to think about. But I, my hope is that when you think of those things, it motivates you. Motivate, it definitely motivates me every single day. And I'm not just trying to reflect on a, an awful day and just be like, oh, man, you're, the, you're over, overly patriotic. As you know, you hear some people are offended by the American flag. And I <laughs> tell, tell, tell that to the, the firefighters uh, who, who raised the American flag at ground zero a few days after. That, does that offend you? I don't know. Some of us really got to look inside ourselves right now and appreciate more of what it means to be an American. You know, we try to do that on 4th of July, Memorial Day. Oh, okay, uh, 9-11. It's like some people just go through the motions. And so I know that for a lot of us, this is not going through the motions. This is sincere. And um, that's why I wanted to do a podcast today, special edition of the Get Home Safe podcast on uh, 
21. So guys, have a great weekend. Raise a glass or two for those, uh, for the fallen and for those affected by 9-11. We will never forget. I, I hope that each and every one of us lives by that and doesn't just, uh, you know, type those words on Facebook once a year just to do it. I hope we really do look back at the the lives that were lost and the lives that were saved as well. Some amazing stories about 9-11 if you just research them. A lot of people who went back and saved lives, and I'll try to post a few things myself, but uh, let's reflect on on this and honor those who paid the ultimate sacrifice and those who uh, saved other people that day on 9-11-01. Have a great rest of your week, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to this edition of the Get Home Safe podcast. God bless America.